Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. Visit b21.io slash hustleshare and get $2 upon signing up. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics platform you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code hustleshare. I think education is the greatest equalizer. If you get educated, and I don't mean in a formal sense only, but in a lot of sense, real education, I think that will bring you places. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are so glad to have this guest because, again, you don't really get a lot of very, very inspiring and powerful women. Not saying that there's a lack of it, you know, but there are very few. And I'm a big fan of strong girl bouses. Okay, there's kulog. If you hear the kulog, that is natural, <laughs> you know, right? That is not even a sound effect. <laughs> That's God saying that, amen. You know, there's not a, lot, not a lot of very powerful women who are leading in tech. And again, very biased in my hustle as I've also been in tech. And I've been a big fan of MDI for a longest time. But before I get carried away, let's, me- uh, let's measure. Let's welcome. <laughs> what measuring are we talking about? Let's welcome to the show. The CEO of MDI Novarin, 
Miss Agnes Urbacho. Welcome to the show, Agnes. <laughs> Maraming salamat. Parang na-pressure naman ako doon, Ronster, with There your you uh, very pressure kind words. Maraming pleasure. salamat. And again, Maraming salamat. MDI has been always led by strong women. So again, in my olden days, in the days of ancient times, when I was a first-time Greenhorn startup founder, I got a chance to meet The founder also, who's also led by a very strong girl boss, you know, Miss Myla Villanueva. And I'm That's not right. surprised why they chose a girl boss to continue the torch. But before I get carried away, Agnes, I need to ask you the million dollar question. Agnes, what's your hustle? Oh, gosh, what's my hustle? Oh, goodness. That's a very big question, Ronster. Mm-hmm. I actually wake up in the morning hoping to be able to contribute. A lot mm-hmm. of my work has actually been around being able to contribute. Um, did you hear that, Kulog? Yes, it's, it's uh, not there. Okay, it came from it's, me. It's, now it's there. <laughs> now I know. It's, it's, actually, it's actually heaven's telling me, yes, you are correct. But <laughs> Authentic Ronster podcasting. is correct. There you go. Uh, deba, deba. Yeah, I wake up in the morning thinking about how I can contribute. I work in tech. I've always worked in tech. I, I actually took up a course in electronics and communications engineering. And it was a man's world from there on, you know. I went to telco. I was one of the first three girls doing uh, technical selling in a big telecoms wow. firm. And then I went on and on. And then I found myself leading a, um, a Japanese company in the Philippines. Wow. 119-year-old Japanese firm. What? I'm the first Filipino and wow. a woman at that. And why am I sharing all of this? I'm sharing all of this not because to say that being a woman and all that stuff, but why did I love those jobs? I love those jobs because in all of those stints, I was able to contribute, not just to me as a person, but contributing on a larger scale. You know, I was able to help someone in need. I was able to help someone's hand and say, we can do it together. Mm-hmm. I was able to help a teammate cross that line together and all that. It's, it's not about the big things. It's actually the little things that allow me to say every morning I wake up, thank you. I woke up today. I hope to be able to contribute again today. Absolutely. And again, if I just sum that up, the way it sounds like it, because I also share the same approach in what, we, in what I do at least is servant leadership. Right, we were very selfless and being able to contribute and also pave the way for others for them to be able to do their thing is very, very accurate in the terms of servant leadership. Now you always are you already gave us a glimpse of what that past was. And Agnes, I hate to say it, but I need you to buckle up because we're gonna have to ride the hustle shared time machine. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we have tech here too, huh? Hardware too, oh, huh? <laughs> The ECEs from Planet Andromeda did that. Oh, okay, just kidding. <laughs> all right. So, Agnes, when we ride the Hustle Share Time Machine, we go all the way back. Because before you become a leader, before you become a CEO, we go all the way back to your past and what your early hustles are growing up. You know, okay. nobody was born an entrepreneur. Nobody was born a startup founder. Nobody's born a hustler. We had influences, you know, and, and a lot of fire and pain that we had to go through. Can you describe to us prior to your 
first hustles and whatnot, what was growing up like and what was the mindset instilled with you as you were born or you were introduced to the world per se? Oh gosh, my mind is running at 180 miles an hour, Ronster, trying to remember my first conversations with my mother. Mm. I was the only grandchild that was a girl. So you can imagine, you know, like my grandfathers would say on my mother's side, my grandfather would say, no, you cannot learn how to drive. Somebody will drive, you know, it was a big farm, you know, like big in terms of me being a little girl, but we had trees, we have some animals there. And my cousins and my brothers would try to get up on the trees and I would try to do the same thing. And they would Mm. say, up, 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 girls don't do that. You know, Mm. and me and true to my nature, ah, hindi puede ha. Let me show you. It can be done, you know. Got and it. it applies up to today, huh, Ronster? I mean, just to give you a glimpse of my personality, I'm scared of heights. Super scared of heights. So what did I do? I started climbing mountains in order for me to wow. be able to tell myself. Not because I want to show myself I'm a tapang. I'm, I'm doing that because I want to show myself like, that's irrational. It can be done. Come on, girl. Let's go up Makes there. Sense. So growing up was like that. You're a girl. You have certain boundaries. We'd be going swimming and they would, because I live on the border of Taal Lake and, and uh, we would oh, in, in the province oh, and we would be beautiful. saying, okay, let's go swim. Yeah, let's go swim. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I'm going to go swim. You go back there. You're going to get dark. Girls don't uh, get dark, you know? I mean, I'm, it's, it's the generation at that time. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to school. I was paying attention half, half the time. And the Kulog is saying, yes, you should have paid attention Zeus. a that lot of Zeus. the time. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Zeus, for doing a cameo. All right. <laughs> exactly. All right. And so I, I said, I'm going to take up engineering. And why did I take up engineering? My uncle is the only engineer in his generation. Everybody either took up medicine or education. But okay. I felt he had a fantastic lifestyle. You know, he was always riding airplanes. He would be running around the world. He has a suit all the time. And he was based out of Singapore. And I was Mm. like a 16-year-old, like ogling him. And he was the one who was most generous with his money because he doesn't have a family because he he has a jet-setting lifestyle. The cool tito. The super cool tito, just like you, Ronster. (laughs) And and one day he, he went up to me and he said, are you good in math? I said, yeah, a little bit. Go take up engineering. See, yeah. the heavens are agreeing with me again. Yes, again. Thank and, you. I will build you Zeus after this episode. There you go. <laughs> and so I did. So I took up engineering and um, in one of the, I would say, the premier school in Metro Manila because mm-hmm. I went there. And I was probably one of three girls in, in all of the big classes, you know, when, when we came to the major subjects from third year onwards. Mm-hmm. And guess what? People are always relegating me to admin roles. They would say, oh, this is a big experiment. We're going to be experimenting with hundreds of kilovolts. So Agnes, you're going to take the pen and the paper and you're going to write down the notes. And I would always say, why? You got the third year college and you don't know how to write? Grabe naman, diba? I go handle the voltage, you go handle the piece of paper. So wow. those were the kinds of conversations I was having. In hindsight, I look at it and I say, that was a very difficult conversation for me to have. Yeah. During that period of time, it was difficult mm-hmm. because it took so much oomph in me to yeah. be able to say something like that. I also want to share, um, Ronster, if you mm-hmm. saw me when I was 16, you will not recognize me today. Why would you say no that? Way. 
I, I look very different. I, I actually shared with Angel one of my photos as I was growing up. And, and I have the same laugh. I never lost okay. the laugh. I had the big, big hearty laugh. I've always been a happy girl in a lot of respects. But I was probably 100 pounds heavier than I am today. I, I was very, very dark because I've always loved the outdoors. I never knew how to comb my hair. And, and I felt like it needed a little bit of change. I'm not saying being dark is wrong. I'm not saying mm-hmm. being heavy is wrong. It's not that. It just needed a little bit of change because I was not doing any kind of self-love at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no self-care. There's no self-love. And, and I would say that the reason you would not recognize me is not because of the way I look, but because of the way I represent myself. Got this it. is a different Agnes that you're talking to today. Wow. I would be probably seated in a corner trying to fade into the woodwork. Mm. But today, I enjoy being around people. So moving on That's to amazing. yeah, moving on to my career, I was very lucky. I had fantastic mentors in my life. Even the way I speak English, even the way I speak Filipino, mm-hmm. I always had a fantastic mentor who would always train me and make me go through very difficult conversations. And wow. what is the result of those difficult conversations? I think it's me learning. It's me growing up and it's me being able to see the world in a different way. Okay. And moving on to the workplace. Oh, this is a funny story, Ron. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm ready after, to laugh. There you go. <laughs> so I graduated from college, right? So right. I was submitting my CVs, you know, those application forms. Yeah. And guess what? People would look at me and I would never get a second call. It was so tough for me to be rejected over and over and over and over. Don't ask me how many times. I couldn't yeah. count the times. I have a question about that though. Because sure. again, there's always seemingly that disadvantage or it's not really a disadvantage. It's a handicap, right? Mm-hmm. We're always like, me, I, I resonate with you as well because you mentioned earlier that you're dark. You were, you're a little overweight. I'm still that guy. <laughs> till now and I'm already 33 right and I had to battle a lot of those handicaps that the visuals that I represent to give myself a better chance and that's the reason why I sound like this because I had to learn and give myself an edge because I do not sound like this by default the way I talk in Tagalog my god you will not even believe me Joseph in how I talk about it right because again it's uh, it's just how I'm built and the world functions like that Sometimes, again, they base their decisions or your, your prejudices not because of what you're capable of, but what they see up front. You know? uh, you, they judge the book literally by its cover. But obviously, hindsight being 2020, looking at it now, you've overcome that. Two things I wanted to find out. First one, what kept you going? Because ambition would be really what pushes you through. And number two, what did you do to get over those first humps? that you were getting getting thrown at? Yeah, I think I have to give my, uh, a lot of credit to my mother, Ronster. My mother made sure that uh, we were educated. She was a public school teacher, and okay. um, she made sure that we had education within our reach. I know she, she begged. She never stole, though, but she borrowed a lot and hustled a lot in order for us to be able to get education. Um, my brother, my elder brother, is a doctor. He's a practicing uh, doctor. My youngest brother finished uh, university as well. I'm the middle child. And I have to give credit to my mother for making sure that we were all educated. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I would go to Paris 
ever, but I always knew what the Eiffel Tower was all about. Wow. Because my mother made sure that we had our reading materials available for us. I'm not in agreement because I was raised by a single mom. And she also hustled her way. That's why this is, this is my own. I'm just continuing her journey. Uh, I was single, exactly. uh, only child, but man, everything that I know, I got from my mama right there. Exactly, exactly. I, I have to give credit to her. And you're making me be- cry very early in your show. Okay, um, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom actually made sure that, you know, we were able to dream about a lot of dreams. And again, not being raised without a defeatist attitude, I think, was a big deal. I was able to construct in my head a different world from where I was. You know, I had the biggest crush on Prince Charles. And I always dream I would look out the window on a very, very challenged neighborhood that uh, we were living in. And I would imagine him parking his Aston DB6 in front okay. of our house and saying, is Agnes home, please? I'd like to take her out for an afternoon tea. There you you go. know, I've always rehearsed that in my head. Because I was able to, to, to read. And our high school library offered us uh, Time Magazine, Snoozeek wow. Magazine. So I think education is the greatest equalizer. Absolutely. If you get educated, and I don't mean in a formal sense only, but yeah. in a lot of sense, real education. Sure. I think that will bring you places. And Absolutely. why was I very gung-ho on, on making it, so to speak? Because I want to make sure that my mother had a comfortable life after. Because she was hustling so much. She was hustling so much. You know, I mean, like, literally hustling. And it's, Mm -hmm. um, I'm just sad that she's no longer with me. Because there's so many milestones that I wanted to share with her. Mm -hmm. But but I know she's happy because she saw how my kids grew up. She saw all her apos being able to go to the school and being able... To, to grow up in an environment of peace and calm because I think that's yes. very important Absolutely. for kids to be able to grow up in that kind of an environment. Correct. Correct. And I, I totally agree, man. I'm not in agreement as well because that when I was way in my hustle and again, that ambition, the thing that kept me going, this is my 11th year in the startup team. Congratulations. I started early. Monster. I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I knew that I'm never going to get to where I want being an employee. Again, no knock being an employee. You, you can be mm-hmm. doing that. But I felt like my only dream back then was to buy my mom a house. And, and you did? Was, and I did. That's where we Oh my now. gosh, that's right. so cool. So my, second, my second start, my first startup failed six years of doing that. Failed, learned a lot. And then, man, the best day of my life happened literally 12 months after my first startup failed. And I got my second startup acquired. And finally, before I turned 30, got my mama house. And again, it's just the best feeling in the world because finally, it's a shared dream that kept me going. Also, because again, growing up, that's all we wanted together. And now it's the reality. Exactly. Well. So again, exactly. it's important as a, as a hustler, guys, uh, whoever's listening, that you find your why early. And what I share with Agnes here is with that shared why. Like, man, we do it for our mama because we knew what it took to give us the opportunity to have great education, to have a better shot at achieving. And I also resonated with you that I always grew up thinking that kaya ko. I don't care if I came from, you know, the bottom, but man, I can beat these guys too. 
I can be yeah. better than all of them combined, right? Mm-hmm. I dicked around a lot in high school, but I knew deep inside, <laughs> man, if I just put my heart and my mind into it, I can be special. And I got that from my mom. All right. Before we get this turn to an MMK, I understand now. <laughs> so you overcame these uh, early hustles and whatnot. What was the first job like? And what were the first few skills you got to give you the head start? Oh, goodness. You know, nobody would accept my application as an engineer, as Mm -hmm. anything, as sales. So I was able to land a job as a personal assistant to the president of a construction firm that was going to come to Manila. But because of the prohibitive nature of business at that point in time, they couldn't last very long here. You know, it it was just not possible for them to proceed. But the president of the company was very generous with me. He said, oh, we're cutting this short, but I'm going to give you a scholarship. Mm-hmm. So he gave me a scholarship to take up more courses of computer, you know. Wow. So I was taking up an MS. So he, he actually made sure that I will be able to pay my way through an MS. At that time, learning Lotus 1, 2, 3 and learning WordStar and all that stuff was okay. something wow. that was not available for everybody. Absolutely. Buying a computer was prohibitive as well. You know, you can imagine wow. me starting a career and, and you know, there's nobody to ask Baon from, yes. right? So he was able to do that for me. And I think it started there. Mm-hmm. After that, I worked in a, in a spin-off of a big manufacturing firm. So what they did was the, they spun off their development group, right? Okay. So I was working there. I was a junior programmer. And tell you frankly, Ronster, even on Saturdays and Sundays, I would go to the office. I would be going to the office because I wanted to finish everything that I wanted to. I was single. I didn't have kids, you know. My mother was there. And and I would try and troop to the office to do a little bit of work here and there. I don't have a computer at home. I have to do Mm -hmm. it in the office. And pretty soon I was recognized, you know. So after that stint, I worked for a German company. And again, I was noticed because of the hard work I was putting in. And probably there's a lot of girls. There's a lot of incoming workers that were so much better at me brain-wise you know there was so much better at me in terms mm-hmm. of their diploma and and their certifications but i think i had an edge because i was working extra hard i was hustling more yeah. than everybody else kind of you thing, you know? outwork them right yeah i was i was over hustling everybody at that point Correct. in time again i was noticed by the general manager because i was uh, you know putting in more hours than everybody else Mm-hmm. And that led on from one thing to another. What was the defining thing about all of my jobs? I didn't have too many in the span of the number of decades I was working. Sure. I had that and then three more. And the big differentiator was I was putting in the hours. I was like putting in the hours, just working, working, working. No, I was putting the hours because I needed to learn. There was so much that everybody knew before I knew them, you know, everybody knew more information than I did. So I have to put in the hours, I have to study a little bit more, I have to put in more hours trying to solve more problems. And, and I think I noticed that when I'm working harder, I'm so lucky, I get so lucky, because, you know, I get promoted and all that stuff. So it's all directly proportional. I was working smartly, and I was trying to be smarter. As well. Makes sense. And it, it pays off. It pays off. Is it also, you know, that I am a mom and I have a husband? Mm-hmm. It was also very, very instrumental for me that I had the fantastic partner. Yes, I not, agree. Yeah. 
there you go, right? Mm. It's very important that you have a fantastic partner. And why am I saying yeah. this? Because my husband never looked at me and say, oh, you're Miss Big Shot. Go cook the dinner. He never looked at me like that, you know? We're both equals. You know, he would say- a partnership. It's a big partnership for both yeah. of us. I mean, does that mean we never argue? Oh gosh, yes, we do every day almost. But yep. hey, he's always been very supportive of everything I did. And I'm always supportive of everything he wants to do. That so I think it's working out for both of us very well. And, you know, now I'm happy because I have two beautiful kids, right? And I totally agree because, again, I also have a wonderful partner who happens to be an entrepreneur. Because, again, Aww. the biggest decision you have to make to be successful is who you're going to be hustling with. If it's not a right fit, everything is harder. And entrepreneurship is hard. You know, and again, yeah. the biggest decision, the biggest close you'll ever do is finding the right partner in life. But Agnes, before we take our first break, I want to find out because a lot of our listeners are in their early 20s, mid 20s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're probably right mm-hmm. smack in the middle of you uh, putting in that extra work. And a lot of these kids happen to go through a quarter life crisis and not know how to balance out ambition with peer pressure because sometimes when you hustle too much you get hustle shaming too it's like ah don't be bida bida hang out with us let's play ml (laughs) together whatever but only the ones that really have something to prove that ship on that shoulder will put in the extra work without worrying about "Ah, i'm burned out i mean burnout is real not not saying it but it's, it again, is. that ambition that would push you forward <laughs> and being deliberate on the type of things you want to learn because the gift of employment sometimes is that you're actually getting paid to learn the skills that you want, right? That would set you That's up for true. whatever you want to do down the road. But how did you do it? And what was your approach in those times that everybody is, you know, especially now, social media is a highlight reel. Everybody's, oh, chilling. I'm getting vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. But nobody shows their hustle which is what happens behind closed doors. What did you do to keep pushing through and learning also the stuff that you wanted to learn deliberately? Well, you know, in the same manner, Ronster, that you have to have the right partner, you also have to be surrounded by the right people. Having the right people around you will send you to the correct direction. Absolutely. I go back to my good friends since, since university days. That's a lot of decades behind me. And they have always been very good influence on me. They are good influences in my life. You know, it's it's uh, all very positive. I mean, of course, it's fun. You know, we have fun all the time. Don't right. don't think that we're that we're badoy that we don't drink and we don't <laughs> dance around like crazy people and all that. We yes. do. We do. This kuhan is the key. There you go. <laughs> exactly. During our time. Th- oh gosh, yeah, we were hitting the discos like you can't believe it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, we were party people. But we all had the same thing going for us. We have ambition and we had dreams ahead of us that were much, much bigger than just partying all day, all night. And it's very important for you to be surrounded by good people. It's very important for you to be surrounded by fantastic influences. And that's where it brings me that I was very lucky. I had fantastic mentors that were looking out for me all the time. And I also had a fantastic sponsor at every gig that I was able to get into. There you go. That's very important. And those are two different people. Yeah. What are the two people? Enter and a sponsor. It's very important. 
Yeah. Absolutely. So look that up. Yeah. If you're if you're missing one, try to find one. And most of the mentors, the real ones actually, uh, the way I define a mentor is someone who's been there and done that, who can pave the way for you. Because a lot of people will front and like, hey, yeah, I can teach you, but you've never walked the path that you want to be to. That's that's a small. Can I disagree a little bit on that, Ronster? Okay, okay, all right. What you would know you why? Say? You know why? Because I I do mentoring on a regular basis. Not just okay. my office mates and my colleagues and all that, but also we also do, as part of my advocacy, mentor young young women. Okay. And you know what? I'm not teaching them. They're also teaching me. Seriously, and that's the only point that I disagree with you on. It's very heartwarming because it's a two-way conversation. Correct. And it brings out the best in me. It brings out the best in the mentor as well. It's a two-way thing. So it's it's really fantastic. I enjoy that because I learn so many things. I actually agree. And what I meant earlier by having someone who's walked that path is if you're the young and trying to find a role model, you want someone who can actually not just teach you the skills, but also give you the intangibles. And in that process, it's a relationship building where both are benefit from the whole relationship and it's totally symbiotic. I agree. I so agree with you on that. The only thing that I disagreed on was me teaching because it's a two-way street. But everything else that you said, Ronster, 100%, I do agree with you. Okay. Since we both agree, let's go ahead and take our first break. And when we come back, <laughs> let's talk about how you then became the girl boss that you are. Well, let's talk about that more. Okay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. 
And we're back from the break. We are still with Agnes Hervashu again, who has set the right tone and telling us the inspiration again. I'm already a big fan, and we're not, we're only just one third of the way of this amazing episode. But before I get carried away, I also want to again do a little shout out to our friends. We want to say hi and big thanks to the guys from Kumu. Kumu is a Pinoy live streaming app where we can connect or make tambay with Filipino streamers and celebrities. Use our link in the description to follow some amazing Kumu streamers. But Agnes, it's, it's important that you learn the right fundamentals in your hustle. And I think you got that early hustling, really pushing forward and whatnot. But let's right. not pretend that sometimes, you know, there are stereotypes, especially with women leaders, that you have to break through, aka called the glass ceiling. That's right. And before, you know, the, because there are stereotypes, leadership positions are too few and far between. And even if you are the most qualified, sometimes just because of those stereotypes that you have to break through, you're going to have, you, you, again, you have to work harder, which you, it's not alien to you. You've done that. But walk me through Eastern Telecoms, how, how you started <laughs> to break through as a VP and be now in position to lead in a big company like this? You know, that sets me back many years and it's putting a big smile on my face because that's where I grew up. Eastern Telecoms is where I grew up. I, I'd like to give a lot of credit to the people who worked with me there, not discrediting any any other company that I worked for, but growing up in the telco field was... Um, was all ETPI for me. And I started as a, an account manager there. And out of four that they hired, I was number four. Wow. That actually took out the competitive spirit in me. I was like, I'm ganon, huh? I'm not right. seller dweller. I'm going to show you. I'm going to work hard, you know? Right. And let me tell you, I, I didn't have a car. And mm. I couldn't afford to be in a cab every time. So I have to work smarter. So what I do is I ride with the technicians when they go to my area of coverage. Wow. So at least I'd go with the technicians. They'd go to my area. So I start my calls then. I start my calls then. I made sure I was representing the company correctly. And how did I do that? I made sure that I understand what I was doing. I was prepared. I was learning and learning and learning. And it was very easy for us to do it there in Eastern because they made sure that we are aware of the stuff that we're, we're selling. The second one is... Despite the fact that it's very, I, I have a small salary, and, and despite the fact that uh, we were given a clothing allowance, that's not exactly kasha. Absolutely. So I have, you know what? I have a diary of the clothes that I wear so that I can re revolve my clothes and make mm. it look like I have, have presentable clothes. I made sure I had comfortable and, and Our okay dressing. shoes. Right. There. Yeah, not really power dressing at that point because... Uh, but very presentable. I wanted to represent myself and the company I work for because if your customers like you and you look like you know exactly what you're doing, the more that they will work with you. And that's exactly how it, it came out to be. Mm -hmm. So I was promoted to executive account manager, which was a junior management role. Yep. And I was very fortunate also because that was the first time I was going to fly long haul. That was wow. the first time I was going to go to America. And wow. I was exactly, exactly. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because I remember as soon as I landed in Washington, D.C. to oh, represent wow. my company in, in a meeting called the Global Traffic Meeting. Okay. 
I was actually pinching myself because I took a cab from Dulles Airport and I was going to, that's the Washington Monument. I was like, yes, I'm here, I'm here. Yep. Oh my gosh, that's the Capitol Building. Yes, I'm here, I'm here, I'm wow. here. Wow. Like I told you, my mother made sure that we're able to read all of these things. And I was pinching myself. And as soon as I landed, I called my mother and I said, mom, I'm in Washington, D.C., you know, you know, and and she was beside herself. And I said, I got to cut this call because it's expensive. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> long distance. Yeah, long distance. So it was it was it was a fantastic time for me. And again, because I had sponsors and I had mentors that I was able to get there. But I was also hustling big time. I was mm-hmm. working. Was jet lag an issue for me? No, I was there on time all the time. Okay. So again, my bosses noticed how hard I was working, how hard I was trying to represent and paint a good picture mm-hmm. of the company I work for. And, and I think that that's what opened the doors for me. It also Got was it. very helpful that I was reading all the time because I can carry on conversations Pre-COVID, it was very important for us to have small talk with a lot of our yes. customers, right? It's very important. And I could carry those conversations because I was always reading the news. I was always reading current events. And, and I had a book or two going for me all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you're an interesting interesting person to talk to, then you get liked in a way, right? right? And it was easier for me to broach the idea of having business with a company I was representing. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's how it worked for me. Did yeah. I have failures? Oh my goodness, big time. Please do not ask yes. me to enumerate them again today because there's too many, too many. Okay. But is there one that sticks out uh, among all those failures? Among, you know, again, failure is a stepping stone. And you're, bu- you're building a ziggurat full of failures until you get to the top and create a exactly. tower of Babel. You know, technically, but it's a, what what were those failures that really stuck out the most and what did you learn from them? Um, there was one, this is painful for me to recount. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was, I think my passion got ahead of me and I was actually barreling in with a potential customer and I just rubbed him the wrong way. I lost the account. I lost the account. That was a fantastic learning. It was huge, man. It was huge. Um, one account that I lost, it was, it was. I, I think it's not the dollar figure that's associated with it. It's the pride of me bringing it home. And because I was overly sure of myself and I was not putting a check to, to how I was acting, yeah. I, I lost it. I lost the account. They just hated me from that, that day forward. Wow. I'm not sure whether I was able to recover because they took me out of uh, handling that account and put me somewhere else. Mm. And and those are big failures for me. For somebody who was growing up, we all have big egos when we start, you know. Absolutely. Bravado even. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think that's what did me in, right? Mm. You had a big ego, you didn't know what was going for you. And I think that put a chink in my armor and actually allowed me to grow up a little bit. Correct. Not by a lot because I still had the bravado and the ego moving forward. But, Correct. you know, that set the tone for me. But when bravado and ego meets humility and you eat humble pie, no matter how bitter it is, that's when the best result, hopefully, some people don't get over it. But for me, the one that really worked is I became even killed. 
I don't get too high. I don't get too low because I've been to the depths of hell, seventh hell oh, of Dante's Inferno. Oh right? goodness! And yes. I knew Let how painful it is. Right? Yes. But again, yes. being even killed gets you level-headed. And I always say this: the end result is you're gonna be a duck. What is a duck? You know, what and you want to be a leader where you look so <laughs> poised on top of water, and you're just like, or one, you're just gliding on top of water. Oh, but yes. you're frantically swimming like it's a like, motherfucker. Uh, does. Yes. Exactly. You want to be exactly. a duck. Because people always say like, Ron, how do you make it look so easy? Yeah, look, make it look so easy. But deep inside, I am warrior is a child. Okay. <laughs> 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 right. And that's the byproduct that, that I that always say that, you know, through bravado plus experience, humility, and result, as you now get to know yourself. Now, I want to know when you became VP. Because again, you spent a good eight years here. When you're at the top Actually, of your game. almost 10. Almost oh, 10. Oh, wow. In, 10, 10 years. Almost 10. Nine, LinkedIn. A little over nine years. Okay. Yeah. So, nine years. When you're at the top of the game in Eastern telecoms, the glass ceiling by then. Because again, it was a step-by-step process. Yes, but I'm pretty sure yes. every single step, there are people who thought they would be the next in line and you... You, you beat them to the punch. And a lot of people don't like that because some people only like it when they support you and you're successful, but you're still below them. But once you start getting into their territory, people act differently. How did you get over that? Okay. Um, you know, the other day I was reading uh, this article about uh, the glass ceiling. Yeah. And somebody said, I just couldn't remember exactly who wrote it, but they said it's actually running with weights. Yeah. Can you imagine an oval, a running oval, and there are four lanes, right? Two lanes are actually occupied by men. They were wearing suits and there's no obstacles in front of them. Right. But two women are running the same track, but in front of them is a washing machine, a baby oh cradle, you know? Wow. Exactly. I mean, you know exactly. I paint that picture, right? And yeah. and again, you you know, you look at it and it's like, oh my gosh. Because in the Philippines or not just the Philippines, I think it's uh, globally recognized that women are immediately looked at as the primary caregiver. Somebody gets sick in the house, who do they call? I call my mom. I don't know about you, Ron, sir, but I'm sure you and I call the uh, same mom. Else. I just have my a fiance headache. or my mom. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Both are exactly. Women. There you go. Exactly. So you have a headache, you have a bad hair day, you go call your mom. Help me, help me, help me, right? That's a given, you know? Women had multiple facets of roles. They're not yes. just breadwinner. I mean, some are breadwinner plus caregiver plus plus primary caregiver plus plus whatever roles that you can think of. That's that's a given. And again, I would go back to my the importance of having the correct partner and having the correct circle of people around you. And I was very lucky to have both. The glass ceiling was something that I I I thought about when I was much younger, but when I saw that our leadership does not really look at gender because they were open to having women in sales roles, right. I, I felt it was no longer an issue. It was mm. no longer an issue. It was no longer in front of me. Let me tell you, when I first went to Washington, D.C., okay. I was standing out like a sore thumb. Mm. It was a sea of black suits. And you Literally were? a sea of black suits. Oh, it's spring. Red, Excuse red? me. Okay. No, it's a spring. Okay. I'm going to be wearing a light colored suit, right? Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Someone I'm came prepared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was 
sticking out like a sore thumb, you know, because yeah. I was wearing a light color, which was acceptable in any in any case anyway. Sure. But because it was like 99% men, it was all a sea of black or dark yep. blue suits. Yeah. So it was wow. it was that. All right. Now let's talk about the next stint again. You you had a quick uh stint as VP in Biantel, but now you met <laughs> you mentioned that you became a country manager of not just a local company, but a Japanese firm. Walk us through this next thing. And what did you learn in, in that stint? Because you spent, again, a long time, six years of your life uh, managing and running that business also. Okay. So be- before I, I want to talk about that short stint at Biontel. I was happy there. They had a fantastic culture going. I love my boss there. I love my colleagues. But there was Maginhawa this opportunity. Street. It's in Maginhawa Street, right? There. Exactly. Fantastic restaurants around our office as well, which was a yes. plus in itself, right? Go. So I was I but I got an offer to work for an international firm. And I wanted to see how would I fare you know, working shoulder to shoulder with people from international backgrounds. I had a chip on my shoulder trying to prove to everybody that the Filipino was as good or better as a worker than everybody else. And that's the reason why I jumped ship and and moved to this international submarine cable company. I was employee number one in the Philippines. And they said, oh, we're going to make you country manager of both Philippines and Thailand. And I was like, yay, you know, exactly, exactly. Because I actually refused the job and they said, oh, you're going to run the Philippine office. And I was like, oh, that's the same thing I'm doing over at the old office. I don't want that. So they said, okay, we're going to increase your portfolio. We're going to include Thailand in in your portfolio. And I was very happy about that. Because like I said, I wanted to see how every nationality is working. I want to see how we fare shoulder to shoulder with them. And I want to show everybody that, you know, the Filipino is educated and hardworking. That yeah. is the thing that I wanted to prove to the world. And I think the team that I belonged in here in the Philippines did a fantastic job in doing that. We were able to prove that we were one of the most, if not the most successful teams in the global company that I was working for. Mm-hmm. We were winning Country of the Year awards. We were winning Enterprise Team Awards and all that. And the recognition that has been given to us just on top of being the best singers and the best performers, excuse me. Of course. That's automatic. <laughs> there you go. That's automatic. In all the kickoff sessions, yep. we were also bringing home the awards that says we were bringing home the bacon. So there I loved go. it. I totally enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, they had to change the way they're doing business. And I was actually given early retirement. So wow. yeah, that was like, I was very sad because I was going to leave the team I had for almost 10 years. You know, I yeah. was, it was, you know, all those three companies that you're seeing on my LinkedIn profile. It's actually mm. just one team that I was working with. Started this right. one company, which was renamed, which was renamed. Mm. So almost 10 years I was there. I was going to miss my team. And I was like, what am I going to be doing? Right. Right. What am I going to be doing? And then, the Japanese company was was speaking to me for a while already and they said, let's go start. I was very proud of it because it was a very big brand. Mm, NEC. Yes. I was also very proud of it because we had projects that was nationally impacting. It was of national importance. I'm probably not at liberty to talk about that, but yeah. it's very important for me at that stage in my life, in my career, 
that I would be participating in things that make lives easier for everybody. It's makes not sense. just about me having that, oh, I'm sitting on a throne. I have a, I'm the queen now of a big company and all that <laughs> stuff. It's, it's right. nice. But like you said, as you grow older, that ego diminishes in size, right? It's still yep. there to a certain extent, but it's diminishing yep. in value in as far as your persona is concerned. Correct. So I, I, was, I was very happy there. I probably was, I think me and another lady were the first ones that were hired that were women in that company mm. to lead a country. So it was a great deal for, for a lot of people. But how did I look at it? You might be wondering, how did you feel? Did you go home with a big smile on your face because you yeah. were hired and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. It was like any regular day. I was very grateful that I would have meaningful work. I was very grateful that I would be able to do things and provide for things that me and my family enjoy. Mm. And it allowed me actually to learn a lot more things, you know. Japan is a country that we all want to visit, right? Of I, I, I think, yeah, I think we all enjoy Japanese food. <laughs> we all enjoy the culture. We all enjoy their sights and all the snow during winter and the fantastic food during autumn. And all of that was made available to me because I was working for that firm. And then it was all gone. It was just gone, Mm. you know. I woke up one morning and I said, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do today? I'm very lucky, again, because I was surrounded by the correct group of people. I was able to take a short, how would I say, sabbatical. Mm. Uh, I was working with a group of women CEOs who said, Let's go try and do something else altogether. So we were actually helping um, small startups in order for them to, you know, go up the scale. And I think we were successful yeah. enough to do to help a few people. Uh, mm-hmm. We were also working with, with farmers in order for us to connect them to the right resources so that they will be able to deliver more goods and get more money for, for mm-hmm. whatever it is that they're planting. So we were doing all sorts of stuff. We were also helping um, groups that, Otherwise, cannot afford to be able to pay for uh, consultancies towards putting together their correct um, organizational structure and all that Mm. stuff. Artists, groups, you know. So we were happily doing that. And then when I left the the Japanese company, Myla called right away. There you go. Yeah. Actus, how are you doing? There you go. I go back with Myla many, many years ago, 1997. So for context, for those who are listening and who's wondering, who is this Myla? Okay, Miss Myla just happens to be the founder of MDI Novari. Again, if you just know your tech history, it's easily one of the biggest tech companies who are the, part of the OG generation who's created it. She is. I had an opportunity to pitch her when I was starting Party Pile in front of her daughter. Like, ah. she, she was trying to do this... Uh, it had wings. I forgot what it was called. She was, she was being an angel back then. Angel investor? Yeah. She had a name for her angel fund in 2011, 2012. I pitched. I never mm-hmm. got the chance. I never went past. But just being in a room with her felt like a Nick's Noliado experience. In one mm-hmm. sitting, you can get so much feedback that would be more than enough for a whole year <laughs> worth of learning. <laughs> but if you know her from way back, 97, what was that relationship like and what are the typical conversations you had prior to you even joining MDI? 
Actually, she was, uh, she had this startup uh, broadband company. It was uh, providing broadband to places where broadband was not available. Mm. And uh, I was a big fan of their company because they were doing things very, very differently. I was running the submarine cable company at that time. And the way they were doing their business was something I became a big fan of. I was working very closely with the leadership of their company. And I know that Mila was uh, one of the founders. And so I was a big fan of the company that they had. Uh, I was supplying them with bandwidth, which eventually has been bought by by another big telco. Mm -hmm. Why am I amazed? Because there are things that are not being done on a regular basis that I see being practiced in that company. Like? You know, forward-looking stuff. There are places like, for example, a a, um, remote area that couldn't be reached by wired connections. They made sure that the small Sari Sari store had an internet. And they were propagating, if I may call it that, they were actually beaming their signals from places that you don't think they will be beaming from. Because a lot of the, the rooftop owners at the time believed in their vision. And I did too, because they were doing things so differently. And the conversations that were happening was some, like you said, I spoke to her for an hour and it was enough to fill my head for a year, right? You, you said right. that, Ronster. <laughs> so so when, I, when I got a call from Myla uh, in 2017, early 2017, um, I, I said to her, oh, I have commitments. Let's, let's do this together. You know, I was very happy because it kept me in the game kept me in the game of IT, and I was going to be surrounded by a fantastic group of people who were superstars in their own right. You know, the, my colleagues at MDI are, are something that I'm always a big fan of. Um, they teach me a lot of things. I'm able to expand my brain power, if I may call it that, because of the conversations that happen with me and, and the team that I work with. So that was 2017. Right. I was partly consulting and all that. 2019 came. And uh, she said, I hope you can do full-time and I could do operations for MDI in Novare. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be a good thing to do. So I did that. And then March of mm-hmm. 2020, I became CEO because they like excitement. Bam, yeah. lock, lockdown. <laughs> There you go. I mean, I'm laughing at there my head go. right now because it was, like, it was <laughs> pandemic. It's like, who knew how to operate during a pandemic, right? Nobody knows how to operate in the time of pandemic. But let yeah. me tell you, Ronster, I, again, I would say that you have to be in a very lucky space because okay. the culture and the processes that already has been set up for MDI Novare has yeah. allowed us to be work from home, 95%, a week before lockdown was advised wow. by the government. We were already working from home. Why were wow. we able to do that? We had a little practice. Tal Volcano happened, right? So we did right. business continuity for Tal yes. Volcano. And Double wedding. Exactly. And we said, okay, this is how it's going to be done. Let's, let's uh, fortify those processes even a little bit more. And, and that's how we did it. So we have been work from home now for from March of 2020. And I guess I, I'm what you would call a remote CEO from that time onwards, right? <laughs> Damn, that's amazing. So now we, before we take our last break, I'm just curious. Because you said you, there was already an amazing culture. And culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I believe in that. And if it's if a company as solid as Novari has maintained that culture for a long time through, you know, all these 
transitions, especially in a fast-moving pace industry like tech. Can you describe what that culture is like? Because it's easy to build culture, but it's hard to maintain culture through multiple waves of people coming in and out. What's that culture like? Exactly. Um, and it's extra tough for us right now, Ronster, because we're growing at a fantastic pace. So yeah. you can just imagine that, uh, let's just say, people who have uh, longevity for, for a number of years is actually overshadowed by the new entrance, the new welcome entrance, right. because we're just growing at that pace, right? But yeah. um, I think the processes that we have instituted in the in the MDI Novari organization has allowed us to continue building on the culture that's already there. One of the things nice. that's that's very evident in the workplace is the learning culture. You know what? That learning culture has actually rubbed itself on me, and I actually took courses in design thinking. Waking up at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, I know because because the classes are being held in a different time zone. It's out of Boston. So I have to wake up at 11 o'clock at night in order for me to be like totally awake because I had fantastic set of teachers and speakers and all that. I want to catch it live. I can do the recorded one, but I'd rather catch it live because it allows me to ask my questions, to listen to others' questions and all that stuff. So... So that's at the center of MBI Novare is a learning culture. And I nice. think that's what makes it very attractive for me as well. All right. Now let's take a last break. And when we come back now, let's pay it forward to also the women leaders and also do a little bit more of a deep dive on what MDI is actually doing as a company. You know, let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. 
Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. Hey! And we're back from the break. We are still with Agnes Yervasio again, telling us how <laughs> she has now been able to break the glass ceiling and again, be the leader of MDI. But I am very curious because MDI has been around. If, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's 33 years. It's as old as me. What the hell, right? And <laughs> in, in the tech game, it's easy to grow, but it's also easy to fizzle out. But longevity is rare in tech. Can you just give us an idea? What is MDI? Because this is not B2C. You guys are doing amazing work that enable Thank this you. country to function at its core. Thank you. And you are the unsung heroes and people don't even know about it. What does MDI do and what have been the key things that MDI has been able to do for the past years that, again, impact society as we know it here in the Philippines now? You know, it's funny. The first thing that came to my head when you said 33 years is the stuff that we always say. We probably have sold something to someone at some point in time because it's true. We have been around for more than 33 years and uh, kudos to how the company has evolved. You know, when I first joined them in 2017, the numbers have actually quadrupled in terms of headcount. And that actually just tells you the kind of business that is happening in MDI. And again, I go back to my initial point that it's meaningful work for me because yeah. the, the stuff that we do is, is very important to make sure there's, you know, we, we touch on utilities, power, water, banking, telco, you know, we touch wow. on those things. And if you hear our chairman talk about it, 
She's probably even more passionate than I, than I am putting it today. Who are we? we? We actually are the preferred partner of Blue Chips when they do digital transformation. And, and we have wow. actually moved towards calling it digital acceleration. You know, when we went to sleep in March, who thought this was going to happen? I know right. March 1 was a Sunday because that was my day one as CEO of MDI Novari. Wow. March 1, 2020. Who knew that we were going to go on lockdown? Everybody thought that, ah, yeah, sure. And two weeks probably we're all going to be back. The one in Green Hills, that's nothing. Isolated base, whatever. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, there's this big Hollywood actor. He had it also. He was traveling somewhere. Oh, that's going to be gone. We're going to be back to work in a short while, right? Right. Nobody thought that this was going to happen, right? But we, I am very proud of the fact that uh, we have been able to deliver customer expectations we have actually been able to get fantastic points in as far as uh, customer satisfaction mm-hmm. is concerned during this time of pandemic. Are we perfect during this period? No, but I think we were able to roll and, and be able to keep improving as we go through this pandemic. I feel sometimes kind of uncomfortable talking about how we were able to deliver during this period of time, because not everyone is in the same space as, as we right. are. There's a lot of people in our country that's not going through a similar upturn in their business yeah, it's uh, hard. during this period. It's very hard. It's very, very hard. And, and I hope that as a country, we will be able to recover as soon as possible. I, I know that it's giving us a lot of hope now that the vaccines are coming in and um, you know a lot of people are being vaccinated and that should change the, the, the way that the situation that we're all in. And yep. if I may take a different hat, I'm also uh, part of the board of trustees of BBCRV wow. and uh, things that uh, we have uh, been uh, saying is that let's all get ourselves registered for the next elections. The next yes. elections are coming up and um, I think it's a fantastic duty for us to be able to exercise our right to vote. It's our right to vote that a lot of suffrage. people fought for, right? the right to suffrage, especially for the women. Not, you know, the right to suffrage for the women is a very recent thing. And it would be a good thing for us to be able to exercise that. Okay, so again, what I also want to find out is that, all right, you, you mentioned how you're able to scale, but there's not a lot of people that have been here in this podcast that are leading hundreds of people. And I'm a firm believer of the rule of three and 10. I don't know what the current head count is. Is it 400 plus, 500 plus? I can't imagine leading a team. I'm at 40 right now in Podcast Network Asia. And it feels like everything's breaking apart. And it feels like, what the hell? I just built this thing. And now whatever system I built is totally broken. (laughs) Because it's (laughs) it's so big. What the hell? And I always catch myself trying to do that. And again, you want to look like a duck. But you can't be a duck all the time. Right? People will see you struggle. But I want to understand from your point of view through all these years. Describe to me the leadership style you were able to then develop. Because it's important also that lead, that leadership is very defined in how you lead your people. What, what's that like? Because you are the first one. You, you, the buck stops with you. And if you don't get buy-in from the people that matter, 
no matter how good of a performer you are, you're not going to get things done. What's your leadership style? And describe to me how you pass that down to the people that you serve as a servant leader. Okay. Can I take a step back on that, Ron, sir? I, sure. I have this belief that the healthy leader is a good leader. Yes. You cannot be able to perform if you're not at the top of your game, right? Well, it's important for me to be healthy. I was not a healthy person. I think this point in my life at this age is the healthiest point in my life. Um, wow. I turned vegetarian about five years ago. I actually put in minutes of exercise on an almost daily basis. You know, you cannot give what you don't have. How can you perform at the top of your game if you're not healthy, right? Absolutely. Mentally and physically. So I, I try to feed both. I try to eat as clean as possible. I, I try to put in the work in, in terms of exercise. And I'm not talking about being able to lift 500 kilos of dumbbells and all that stuff. Yeah. Anything that would allow me to be able to bring in endorphins so that I will be able to handle the stress. Uh, something hormones. that, Yeah, exactly. Happy hormones, right? I also want to make sure that I am able to feed this brain and yeah. I'm able to feed this one because for me, and this is just me speaking, emotional, mental, spiritual, whether the spiritual is something that you say not, everything I cannot control. Yes. I will do my best, but not everything I cannot control. As well as physical, eat, sleep, and move is, is very, very important for us. Mm -hmm. So you're asking me about my leadership style. It's, it's very democratic. Nice. I am surrounded by people who know their craft better than I do. Yeah. I am surrounded by people who are experts in their field, right? Mm -hmm. And all I have to do is to be able to grab all of those ingredients and put it together. I sprinkle my salt, which is the magic ingredient, and we're able to serve you ramen that there satisfies you go. <laughs> Vegetarian <senses>. ramen. <laughs> Served with sola iced tea. Oh, huh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but no, but that's, that's true. I am, again, surrounded by experts in their fields. Mm -hmm. which allow me to be able to hear fantastic viewpoints mm -hmm. and, of course, guidance from people that sit on top of me. So okay. that's, that's very, very important. Got it. Now, you, you, this is a common narrative that you've been talking about in this episode where you've always been surrounded with the right people. Can you describe to me? Because sometimes this can be very, very confusing. And the right type of people, based on my experience, are different in each phase of your life. Agree. Super, right? super. Yes. And there are different buckets of people that you go to for certain things. It's not the same. And again, I, I put this into work with the saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right? But describe to me, what is, what is the right bunch of people? And I, I imagine this being a bunch of things, a bunch of people that you go through for certain things. Can you describe to me what these right people that you surround yourself with? Okay. Um, like you said, it's faces in your life, Ronster, right? When I was in university, I was surrounded by go-getters, not necessarily scholars and all that, but we were all focused towards being sure that we graduate on time yep. and being able to make sure that uh, we enjoy our parties. But then <laughs> we have our big, <laughs> but we have our big dreams in front of us as well. We knew yep. we were going to get there somewhere. 
and and they were very positive influencers you know they influenced me in a very positive manner that you know i knew that i have a hand to grab onto when i fall down and somebody who will lift me up when it's necessary and somebody who will kick my you know what if it's necessary <laughs> as well get out there you lazy queen you know something you like go. that mm-hmm. so those are the kind of people i i was spending a lot of time with in the university and then when i started working you develop another set of friends right and probably it's deliberate on my end ronster i make sure that these are very positive inputs that i get you know it's it's fun to have fun all the time but you can't have fun all the time right and and i mm-hmm. have i made missteps of course i have you know i i hang around with the wrong crowd and then get me to the right place right and right, and right. we've all have those painful lessons right now my girlfriends and i were all um we're all very fortunate because we worked very hard to get to those places i have a personal board that i call your sounding board okay what what does that look like uh not just a sounding board but these are people i consult on a regular basis i wow. i have a very close set of friends who are founders of business these are wow. yes um very very successful in their own right ceos mm-hmm. as well and uh we actually consult each other on things that that matter to us not just for the office but life in itself you know it. you're going to make a big decision about this and um we will be consulting uh, the guy who knows finance the person Got who it. knows finance we will say oh what do you think of this this is this is how it's going oh yeah that's wrong you should uh, do this and instead of doing that So I have this personal board of directors that I we call each other because this is where we actually go and and consult on on items that we want to yeah. seek clarification or guidance on, right? I I agree. I have I have uh same friends as well in the startup uh, dude we we it's just like your own mini PayPal mafia, you know, people who can <laughs> empathize with you and how difficult it is to create a startup. What are you know the typical pitfalls? And most people are well-meaning because it's also like shared misery. There's only a select few people <laughs> that can actually put themselves in your shoes on those specific moments. But I want to understand. It's gonna be a loaded question, so get ready. Sure. Given that you do have that, what's the best advice you've ever received? Because again, us heroes, people always think that we always have figured it out. Because again, because we have the duck syndrome, people think that we're always calm and collected. But underneath, we're we're flapping our, our our little flippers and stuff. But what's the best advice you've ever received? You cannot finish everything today. Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. So guys, if you're listening to this, you'll be with us for five more days. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that is the advice. What are you talking oh about, Ronster? Get merienda, whatever you need to do. Go ahead. <laughs> But that is the advice that I got from one of my mentors. Agnes, you cannot finish everything today. Close that book. Go get some rest and do it again tomorrow. Sleep you know, on. I mean, on a regular basis, you have a long list of to-dos, right, Ronster? I don't know if uh, if you're like me. I, I like having this notebook and my pen, and I, you know, write down things I that like I need it, to do. But I can't read my own handwriting, so I type. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I will not be offended if you say people in okay. my generation. We. They taught us hieroglyphs. Those teachers told me how to write hieroglyphs. Now, therefore, I. <laughs> Squibbly, squibbly, cuneiform. That's what I have. 
and I could read Gunay Farm. Oh. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, um, there's a ton of things to do, right? You probably have a list of 20 things at the very minimum before you hit 10 a.m., right? Things I need to do. And that's one of the best advice that I, I, I was able to get. You cannot finish everything today. Go wow. take some rest and uh, do it again tomorrow. Yep. Again, you pick your own battles, the, the battles exactly. that matter, and do the things that are really needed to, to get done, but don't try to be superhero because you still have a long. And then what always uh, people always forget, especially in the startup game, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. There are going to be spurts where you're going to have to really sprint, but you also have to pace yourself out so that you are able to finish the damn race, right? Because exactly. if you don't finish it and you, you know, end up fuming out after the second turn, then you're done. All right, last few questions. What's your advice for women who are now in a best position? The world is way better, but there's, it's still, we still have a long ways to go. To follow the path that you've taken, you know, become a woman leader, <laughs> it's not going to be easy. There's still a lot of stereotypes in the world. As we know, it has, it's turning dystopian as we go. I hope it becomes better, <laughs> but it's not looking good. What's your advice for a young woman now in her 20s or early 30s who want to be the next or pay, follow the, pay, uh, the path that you've already done? Simple. Raise your hand. Raise what, your hand. What does that mean? Raise your hand. Because it's very difficult for women to do that. A lot of us mm -hmm. are, are hesitant leaders. And we became leaders because our bosses pushed us there in that direction. And why do I say this? Because it's not normal for a woman to be raising their hand to be able to lead. Not because they are not capable, but because it's just not something that's expected. When you're in a group of, of people, Ronster, yeah. who sets up the Zoom calls? The women sometimes. Exactly. A lot of the times it's the women. It's automatic. Let me set up the Zoom call. Because administration is relegated as a role to the women. And this is the center of advocacy that we have at the Filipina CEO Circle, of which I'm a very proud founding member of. Our members are actually, none of us are entrepreneurs. All of us rose from the ranks. None of us have families who own the business that we're in. One of my favorite stories is this, uh, you know, co-member of mine at the Filipina CEO Circle, or FCC. She started out as a telephone operator for a company I think uh -huh. she was a working student at the time. And 20 wow. years later, she found herself leading a very big Swiss testing firm. She was what? CEO 20 years later. I mean, if that's not inspiring for you, I don't know what would be, right? These are the kind of stories that we hear every day. And, and one of our, our goals is to have more women in the C-suite. So yeah. we, we, it's, it's not a tea party for us when we meet. It's actually making sure that we have those mentoring sessions going. We actually work with some universities. We have forums. We have seminars. During the time before COVID, we yeah. will actually find us on a regular basis. We will be in, in a forum in a university talking about wow. women in the workforce. You know, I've, I've done a lot of those. And, and I find myself feeling very good about the learnings that I, that I have during that day being able to share some tidbits of inspiration to a very young, wide-eyed woman who's mm -hmm. very scared 
oh my gosh, what will I be doing after I graduate? Because I was in those pair of shoes many, many moons ago. And I was very scared. I was like, I'm not summa cum laude. I'm not magna cum laude. I'm not valedictorian. Will I end up anywhere in the workforce and being rejected one application after another and being told I'm not good enough for that, that company? I mean, that's enough to do you in, right? Right. But hearing that example from a live person in front of you, that, that's not the end of it. You know, you can still push forward and, and, and do something meaningful about this thing yeah. that you call your career. I think that actually helps a lot of people open up their, their heads. And Absolutely. we're not apathetic to men. There are men in our seminars as well. So, okay. so it's, it's, it's a great thing. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, I'm curious if if, there, if there's a female founder or or again an exec or one thing is this is this a circle that you guys have open? And if, if in case, how do they reach out to you? Because again, sometimes all you need is the proper guidance for someone who's been there, who who can you you can learn from uh, and reciprocate with. Is this something that you guys are open to, or is it a tight knit group? Uh, how so does one a CEO circle? Yeah. How does one become a member? Or actually, how can at our, least be pick your brains at least? <laughs> okay, our membership actually is made up of women who okay. rose through the ranks, who has uh, the title of a chief executive officer or or, or wow. equivalent. Yeah. So uh, when we started, there were so few of us. There's only about I think a little over thirty that we can identify in the country. Wow. Although the 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 number of leaders in the country fares better, you know, in terms of the global standards. I yes. think we're in the top 10 in terms of uh, women leaders in the C-suite as well as in the boardrooms. Correct. But we cannot identify women who rose from the ranks more than 13 number. But right now, I'm very happy to let you know that we have ballooned. We have doubled that number. Yes, yes. There's the Filipino CEO circle accounts among our membership. Uh, More than 60 women who lead uh, banking, who lead uh, insurance, who lead healthcare, tech like myself, as well as uh, food, you know. Uh, Yeah, so so it's 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 great. And like I said, our advocacy is to have more women in the C-suite. You'd find us uh, doing mentoring sessions. You'd find us speaking to a group of students and young professionals. Um, if we're not for the pandemic, we'd probably be hosting another seminar symposium. Uh, the last wow. one that we held had uh, more than 2,000 people in attendance. And what? That a gr- yeah, it is. It mm. is. I mean, it's, it's a crazy number, but it's a lot of work behind it. But at the end of that day, you know, I, I think a lot of women raised their hands after that event. Amazing. Raise your hands right, right there. Now, again, last but not the least, in MDI going back, you're you're not just allowing people now to just raise their hands, but you're documenting great stories. You have a podcast too. What what goes on in this MDI podcast? <laughs> I'm not just the only pod, the only podcaster in this building. You're another CEO that's also doing a podcast. That's the that's very very rare. Also, there's only few CEO podcasters in the world, just like us. So, what what's in the MDI Novari podcast? We're different. Our our tagline now is "Be different, be us." You know, um, Ronster. Even the name of our podcast is "My Digital Impact." I guess you could see that's mm-hmm. MDI. You've there probably you heard of this, and um, we aim to be. 
the national champion for technology. That's a mouthful. And that's, yep. that's a lot. That, those are big words, right? But uh -huh. that's how our goals are shaped at this point in time. And I think we have the makings of a national champion. Absolutely. I want to be known for transformative customer service as well. So my podcast is actually about customer experiences. I, I have a lot of fun exchanging notes with the business leaders. And yes. I, I'm not sure whether you've heard any of those. And, and of I course hope we have. <laughs> we are your partner too in this journey. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and PNA has been very, very kind uh, to give us that voice into the podcasting world. Uh, when I when I speak about having a podcast with the other business leaders, and I would say, "Hi, so and so, can I can you be your guest in in our podcast?" Some of the reactions I get are very varied. Some are like, yep. "Oh my gosh, I've never been in one before." Right? <laughs> I get that all the time. <laughs> and I get jittery, and it's getting awkward sometimes. But hey, yeah, yeah that's but we do. but but the the impact of it was was fantastic. It's 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 always like. A, an opening, an eye-opening discussion that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's so it's, powerful it's, because when you're able to empathize with someone who's able to, again, get to the top of the ladder or breeze through entrepreneurship and survive that, and for them to come clean and be relatable in a very human manner, nothing, it's addictive. As, as a host also, I get first dibs over... The type of learning is like I, what I'm learning from you. In a selfish manner, that's it, that our only job is to press record and share it to the rest of the world. <laughs> you know, you're putting it very simply, Ronster, but it's a lot more than that. It's a lot Absolutely. more than that. This <laughs> podcast, you know, this podcast has opened my eyes like you can't believe it. It has also mm -hmm. allowed me to express, probably not everybody knows, but one of my dreams when I was a young girl was was to be a newscaster. When I was a very young girl, I was I wanted to be that because I I love reading the news and yep. I love uh, getting it from people. But I was a very shy person. I was a very mm. shy person, and and I would describe myself as still shy up to today. Mm. But I was able to get out of it because I like I said, and I keep going back to that theme because I had people who were supporting me. I had people I learned from, people who held my hand, and people who actually shoved me and uh, you know woke me up from from whatever wrong things that I was doing at that time, or shooed me in front of the clean lights and say, "Go enjoy the camera, Agnes. That's it's gonna be kind to you." And you know, I find myself here today. That is amazing. Again, thank you very much, Agnes, for such an amazing episode. <laughs> But before I let you go, if they want to reach out to you and again, pick your brains or get a chance to be on the podcast, what do they do and where do they do that? You can follow us on our Facebook page. My Digital Impact is on Facebook and uh, you can actually send us questions there. Um, we've received invitations uh, as well on, on our Facebook page. And of course, please listen to us. My Digital Impact, we're on Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcast on. That sounds so professional. That is such a fantastic <laughs> vlog. Congratulations. But again, follow. Also, it's my turn to also plug, hustle, share. And if you're listening to this, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatnot. And if we did say some jargon, don't worry. 
we got some show notes. It's going to be the hustleshare.com website. If we did say some any undersick cable thing and you don't understand what the hell that was, don't worry, we got you. And again, if you want to be part of all the other Hustle Share listeners, we have a community on Facebook and the Hustle Share community. So join that. And lastly, if you want a message as well, I won't answer it. It's going to be our chatbot. <laughs> M.me. Slash Hustle Share powered by Chatbot PH. Again, Agnes, thank you very much. Fantastic, Ronster. I had a wonderful, wonderful time. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>